and welcome to Not Your Mother's Library, a reader's advisory podcast from the Oak Creek Public Library. I'm Leah, your co-host, alongside, but not sitting next to because I'm in my living room, Rachel. We're practicing that social distancing, y'all. Welcome to another mini-episode. These have been really fun to think up and make since we're talking about books, TV shows, and movies that we really like. It'll be a little all over the place, but enjoy this peek into our favorite things. The last two mini-episodes that I did revolved around my two favorite books, The Ghost Map by Stephen Johnson and The Walk in the Woods by Bill Bryson. Definitely worth a listen if you missed those. But this week, I wanted to switch things up and talk a little bit about a few of my favorite movies. Can't say I have any super obscure movies on the list, but each and every one is one that I sincerely enjoy and I can watch at any time. Solid go-to favorites. I'm not going to talk about them in any special kind of order, so let's just get started. Jurassic Park, the 1993 original. The classic. I'm pretty sure everyone has seen this movie, but if you haven't, what are you waiting for? This movie has the dangers of man playing God and dinosaurs. Dinosaurs! I mean, who doesn't love seeing a T-Rex rampage all over a tropical island? Not to mention our national treasure, Jeff Goldblum. Life, uh, finds a way. I know that was a bad impression, but iconic. Also not to mention, it's directed by none other than Steven Spielberg, who is one of the industry's most successful filmmakers. And in 2018, our beloved Librarian of Congress, Carla Hayden, chose this movie to be added to the National Film Registry. Now, I'm not sure the exact reason it was added to the registry, but they're generally added for being culturally, historically, or aesthetically significant. It also won three Academy Awards for sound editing, sound mixing, and visual effects. In 2001, the American Film Institute named Jurassic Park one of the 35th most thrilling films of all time. And if you didn't know, the movie is based off a best-selling novel of the same name by Michael Crichton. That book and others in the same science fiction thriller genre are available on Overdrive. The next movie I'd like to talk about is also based on a novel by Michael Crichton. This one, though, is a little campier than Jurassic Park, and it didn't age as well, but it holds a place in my heart. It's Congo. The basic premise of the movie, since it's not quite as well known as Jurassic Park, is that an expedition is launched from the U.S. to a diamond mine in the Congo. You see, a previous expedition had lost touch with the company. This new expedition was partially a rescue operation and partially to go get those darn diamonds the CEO of the company wanted so badly. The expedition is camouflaged by a researcher and his talking gorilla, Amy, who is being returned to the wild. She can communicate using sign language. That part of the movie is actually inspired by a real event. Many of you might remember the famed gorilla Coco, who just passed away in 2018. She was taught a modified sign language and reportedly could use language as well as a young child. I've included a link to learn more about Coco in the show notes. Back to the movie though. This new expedition is also joined by a mercenary guide and a sort of crazy explorer who was searching for a fabled treasure from the lost city of Zinj. Our explorers run into 
all sorts of problems, from being captured by local militia to plane crashes, and finally, vicious killer gorillas. I've always enjoyed adventure movies, and that's probably why I enjoyed this one so much. I'll admit the graphics are pretty hokey as it was made in the 90s. I'd like to quote a review I found on Rotten Tomatoes about this movie. Felix Vasquez Jr. reviewed it as, I love it because it's good, and yet so bad that it's good. That perfectly captures how I feel about it. If you guys are interested in reading the novel that this movie was based on, Congo by Michael Creighton, it is also available on Overdrive. Moving right along, my next favorite movie is named The 13th Warrior, which I'm almost ashamed to admit is also based on a Michael Creighton novel. It is named Eaters of the Dead. What can I say? He was an amazing author who wrote amazing novels that could be turned into amazing movies. I didn't realize I had such a preference until I sat down to write the script out. I like what I like, I guess. A quick aside, Eaters of the Dead is not available on Overdrive, but when we reopen after the COVID-19 pandemic, there are copies on the shelf you can check out. The 13th Warrior stars Antonio Banderas as a Muslim ambassador exiled from his homeland who runs across some Vikings. They end up traveling together and get word of an evil presence in the area. The DVD cover describes these evil creatures as ferocious, legendary for devouring all living things in their path, which sounds pretty darn terrifying. You follow the warriors as they fight and, spoilers, defeat this evil. The book, and therefore the movie, are loosely based on the epic Old English poem Beowulf and the actual historic accounts of Ahmed ibn Fadlan's travels. Ibn Fadlan was really a 10th century Muslim explorer, and that's who Antonio Banderas plays in the movie. It is pretty filled with gore and violence, so keep that in mind, but I enjoyed this historical Nordic war story. Okay, before you think I only enjoy movies that are made from books, the next one on my list is named Clue. I have to admit, this one came out shortly before I was born, but it's such a campy classic. I enjoy it so much. Inspired by the board game, the basic premise is that it is a dark and stormy night in 1954. Six guests are invited by a certain Mr. Body to a dinner party. Mr. Body's butler, Wadsworth, played by Tim Curry, acts as the host and assigns each guest a name, Colonel Mustard, Mrs. White, etc. It comes out that each guest is being blackmailed by Mr. Body, who ends up dead. A wacky run through the house ensues while guests try to figure out who killed him, while even more staff members end up dead. The ending is really cool because you get one ending, then the screen freezes and a card flashes on the screen saying, that's what could have happened, but how about this? An entirely new ending is acted out and then the screen freezes. That is followed by a second card that reads, but here's what really happened, followed by the third and true ending. The movie is just filled with deadpan humor. It's so strange and really erratic. It never fails to make me laugh, and I always get so pulled in that I feel like I'm running around that giant house with them. 
searching for a murderer. Highly recommend if you've never seen it. Another classic from just a little before my time that I absolutely adore is Romancing the Stone, starring Michael Douglas and Kathleen Turner. Kathleen plays a romance writer, Joan Wilder, who learns that her sister is being held prisoner in Colombia. It seems that her sister has mailed Joan a map leading to a valuable treasure. In her search for the treasure, she teams up with a soldier of fortune, Jack T. Colton, played by Michael Douglas. Yes, folks, another adventure movie. But this time we have a heroine who is not only a writer, but we're introduced to her as she finishes writing her novel and celebrates with a nice stiff drink by a roaring fire and giving her cat a nice meal. Sounds like a pretty ideal night to me. I really idealized Joan Wilder as a kid, although at the time I certainly had no idea back then what she was drinking. I just thought her tiny little bottles were adorable. What really impressed me about her though was that she dropped everything to go help her sister when she needed her. That even though she was really scared and out of her depth, she went anyways. Her courage really left an impact on me. I really enjoyed seeing this kind of nerdy, everyday woman become the heroine of the movie. She really stayed true to herself and that ended up working out for her. This movie does have a sequel, Jewel of the Nile. It's not quite as much of my favorite as Romancing the Stone is, but it's, it's pretty good too. So it hasn't escaped my attention that three of the five movies I've talked about have been set in a jungle. How about a change of pace? Next selection is the movie Red. It stars Morgan Freeman, John Malkovich, Helen Mirren, and one of my favorites, Bruce Willis. He plays a retired CIA agent who is targeted for assassination, and you basically get to see Bruce Willis being his best Bruce Willis self, blowing stuff up and being pretty rad. It's so funny, fast-paced, and full of silly action movie antics that I'm pretty sure could never happen in real life. I really enjoyed seeing him play a character who is not just an action hero. In this movie, he's primarily driven by finding out who the heck targeted him while also protecting and trying to get a girl to like him, which, spoiler alert, he succeeds at because he's freaking Bruce Willis. If you guys are interested in a few authors or books that might go along with this movie, you could try searching out thrillers in our digital library. For spy thrillers in particular, you might try Vince Flynn, Daniel Silva, Tom Clancy, David Baldacci, Brad Thor, the list goes on and on. Okay, folks, that brings us to our final movie. It also stars Bruce Willis and is sort of the same theme as Red, only science fiction, and he only assists in saving the whole darn world. The universe, perhaps. He couldn't have done it without the most important character, Lilu, who is played by Mila Jovovich. That's right, guys. I'm talking about The Fifth Element. I love sci-fi, you guys. Limitless possibilities, wide open to imagination. Though I can't pinpoint exactly when I was first introduced to The Fifth Element, it has been a favorite of mine for a long time. Crazy flying cars, floating resort space stations, and a pneumatic tube mail delivery system, which I don't let myself dwell on or think about too much because the infrastructure that would have to go along with that is mind-boggling. 
Lots of sci-fi futuristic touches in the movie absolutely haven't been invented yet. Although we do have another 243 years or thereabouts before the movie supposedly takes place. So maybe we'll get there. There are a few pieces of technology from the movie that we do have now though. In the movie, you see one of our heroes, Corbin Dallas, played by Bruce Billis, at his fully automated home. We have components of that now, like Google Home Nest, which is a set of smart home products, or your Amazon Alexa devices. Also during this scene, you see a float-up Chinese restaurant that is serving Mr. Dallas delicious food straight from his living room window. And the restaurant, or maybe it's more like a futuristic food truck, is shaped like a traditional Chinese boat, which my boyfriend tells me is called a Dao. I really liked this juxtaposition of a traditional item being retrofitted to exist in such a futuristic world. And the concept that you could get a food truck driving straight up to your window. I do still wish I could have that happen, but that's beside the point. I guess Grubhub is close enough. The villains in this movie are pretty amazing. My favorite are the Mangalores because of their costumes. The heads were all motorized and the controls went down the length of the actor's back. Then the motorized parts were covered by a soft, fleshy layer, and it's just so fascinating to see how they did it. I ended up finding a YouTube video about how they were made thanks to writing this up and learned even more about them. But I won't bore you listeners with even more details about the Mangalores. I've kept you long enough today, I think. I will link that video in the show notes, though, just in case. And that's the end of this mini-episode. I hope that this provided a little entertainment for you. All the authors and movies that I talked about will be in our show notes. Subscribe and rate the podcast if you like what you hear. You can reach us through the library's website or the Facebook page. Be sure to use the hashtag NotYourMother'sLibrary. Thanks so much for listening, and until next time, happy reading. Bye, guys. Bye.